Hello, I'm Kristen McDonald, and thanks so much for tuning in to Second Vision. Are you down in the dumps with everything happening in the world today? Well, my guest is going to help you discover how you can be happy under any circumstances. Elliot Robertson is a love and joy coach. He is also an author and a certified workshop leader. His book, Say Yes to Life, Seven Keys to Living Full Out from Within. Elliot has written devotionals for Daily Word magazine as well as articles for Science of Mind and Wisdom magazine. He holds a master's degree in psychology, and for years he suffered from low self-esteem and feelings of unworthiness that were pervasive throughout his relationships and his career. And now he is completely compassionate for the man that he used to be, and he has reinvented himself to a true second vision as a spiritual growth coach. And he's going to hear, he's going to help us rather, uh, you know, understand how we can be joyful and happy and grateful under any circumstances. Welcome, Elliot. Thank you so much for having me. It's a joy to be here with you and your community when we're being called to laugh with God. You know, and and we need that so much today. You know, for for those of you listening, you know, podcasts are usually timeless, but we are going through a major shift. You know, uh, it's a there's a pandemic out there, and it's I think it's paused the universe to stop and and see what really is important. I mean, what do you tell people? Firstly, tell us about the book, and and um, you know, your book. There's so many books on the market surrounding happiness and joy, what what sets you apart? I think that a lot of the books out there, um, they're all very good, and I've read a lot of books, and they've all been helpful to me. And at the same time, very often psychologists who write books give um, steps to follow or a recipe or a formula, and my book doesn't do that. It really invites the reader to tap into their imagination, and I think that makes it sink in deeper the other thing that really sets my book apart, I think, is that so often um, people out there in the world will tell people, well, you have to really um, embrace every part of your human self and embrace your perfection, imperfections, and that's absolutely essential and wonderful. But I really like to focus on also accepting your divine nature. And that's something that a lot of people don't even think of doing. It's just so key to um, accept both the human part of yourself and the divine part. When you accept both at the same moment, you open the door to laughing with God. That's beautiful. So you're, you're talking about really accepting our spirit in the bigger yes. picture, right? Yes. Um, the image of God, if you want to put it that way, that's within you, the mm-hmm. qualities of God, the nobility, the glory, the magnificence that we're born with, along with the joy that we were born with, that we get distracted from and don't necessarily really notice. We can be distracted for years and, and just uh, listening to the monkey mind and just not really notice the river undercurrent of joy that is with us from our first breath until we die. Well, tell us a little bit about your backstory. What led you to write the book, and and how and why you you know such a confident um, and successful man would feel you know self conscious or unworthy. What what led you to be who you are today? 
Yeah, um, in my youth, I would go around New York City, you know, I lived there, and I would look at um, all the people at the outdoor cafes that were too expensive for me. I always thought I had, um, I qualified only for an entry-level job, so I was always making peanuts and barely able to pay the rent. And I was also in New York, and I was just full of jealousy 24-7. That was the soup I was living in, and along with it, a lot of bitterness, always saying life is unfair. Uh, so um, the other thing that I was also, um, that was hobbling me and really getting in the way of me living full out was I had ruthless, harsh self-judgment. I mean, for example, back in my youth, I was absolutely convinced that I was too thin to qualify for a romantic relationship. And that's really my passion these days, is to work with teenagers to help them release self-judgment and move beyond that. Um, in any event, I, I eventually, you know, realized that if I were to stay on that trajectory, I wouldn't be able to fulfill my dreams of working with people on a soul level, of uplifting people. That's been my dream all my life. And was that, excuse me, was that something like something actually as a catalyst suddenly? You know, how old were you when that happened? I mean, to grow up that way with those type of feelings. And we all have these terrible feelings of jealousy or, uh, you know, uh, critical critical parts of our body or whatever it is, you know, or thinking, you know, they've got it better than us. But did something happen to motivate you? You know, um, I don't really have a clear memory of just one distinct moment. And I think for many people, the spiritual growth journey is a bunch of gradual baby steps. At least it has been that way for me. Mm -hmm. There are you know, some people do have um, these flashes of lightning, these transformative conversion moments, so to speak. Uh, but I think most people... Um, it's cumulative. Yeah, yeah. And so I really don't know if I can put my finger on that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, sure. So, but you did. You, you, you one day woke up and decided to reinvent yourself. You're now you're a psychologist and a spiritual growth coach. That's fantastic. Well, I'm not a psychologist, but I do have an MA in psychology. <laughs> yes, I'm sorry. That's right. You have an MA in psychology. That's right. That's yeah. right. Which comes in very handy, you know, when you're working with the youth. So is that your specialty, working with the youth? Yes, teenagers, yes, and, and also mm -hmm. um, younger adults, yes. Mm-hmm. Well, what do you say to somebody who's just, you know, lost, excuse me, with the, my little voice over there, what do you say to someone, I mean, look at the world today. I mean, prior to this pandemic, this invisible enemy that we have out there in the world right now, I've met people who have just lost their whole families from cancer. I have another friend who has migraines all day long. She's tried everything to get rid of them. You know, now we have people on unemployment lines. There's so much distress going on in the world today. What do you say to someone who's just about to give up? What do you say? How do you turn it around? The first uh, and most important thing always, especially if you're in a perfect storm or having a lot of losses and a lot of grief, and we're all having grief these days, even if it's just grieving that we can't go to coffee shops and write anymore. Right. Uh, <laughs> uh, so true. we're all losing something. <laughs> but the thing is, is that especially for those who are really undergoing a lot of um, difficult, rough sledding, uh, and, and for everybody, the most important thing is always to feel the feelings 100%, to numb out absolutely nothing. We really are being called to just accept, um, yeah, accept all the feelings. We're going through the growth cycle, the grief cycle, 
and we need to all ideally at some point, you know, wind up at the point of acceptance. And along the way, there may be a lot of confusion, a lot of frustration. You know, we'll just be going all over the map. There's no particular sequence. One moment we might be in sadness and another moment we're in anger. Yeah, grieving is such a big, important part of it. You know, I know this from vision loss and just from, you know, life's experience. Uh, if we don't accept and, you know, we're in denial, then we're just angry and we're, we're, we, can't, we can't vibrate to the, you know, we can't vibrate with the, the highest good in the universe, you know? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, grieving, I, I was reading about your, you know, that's so important. You were talking about grief, and it's very, very important to mourn the loss, yes. you know, of what we're, we're missing now, restaurants and travel and being able to hug someone and just go out the door without a mask or gloves. It's, it's very bizarre. Yes, and I'm so glad you used the word denial as something that we need to avoid. Yes. Um, because, you know what, God can only meet us where we are. So if we we're going around with a fake smile, uh, God cannot show up in the fake smile. God mm-hmm. is intimately intimate with us. Uh, the, the light within us can transparently flow out of us when we are not in denial, but when we are uh, embracing where we are, when we are experiencing where we are, when we are living in the moment wherever we find ourselves in that moment. We have to be present to the feelings, present to our experience, and and that way we also open the door to being present to the light and the joy, the undercurrent of joy and everything else. Yeah, I mean, if you'd like a metaphor, it's kind of like a beach ball on the surface of a pool, and it has a lot of different colors on it, Mm -hmm. and you can't just say, oh, I'm going to let the yellow stay up, up um, on the top of the surface and push the rest of the beach ball, beach ball down. It's either the one unit of your feeling nature. That entire beach ball either gets pressed down and you end up missing out on all of the feelings and you're numb to everything, including the happiness and joy, or it's floating on the surface. And all of the feelings, including the anger and the sadness and the things that you might not really want to encounter, uh, you need to be open to them as well. They will also show up. Oh, that's wonderful. I like that um, that analogy with the beach ball. You know, we, we can't feel the joy, you know, be able to throw the beach ball in the air unless we, we acknowledge it. And then, then we find out what we have left, right, to turn it around. Right. Yeah. That's right. And you know what helps um, you get away from repressing any feelings is just being willing to First of all, not uh, label any feelings as bad or good. There's mm-hmm. nothing bad about sadness or anger. There's no, there's no need to do that. And if you want to go be radical about it, you can kind of um, not really feel the, comp- the need to name any feelings at all. And you may end up discovering that you're experiencing feelings within you that don't necessarily um, line up with any of the usual vocabulary, with any of the usual names. I think feelings might actually live in a realm beyond the word sadness, anger, joy, happiness, and so on and so forth. Interesting. Now, what about your 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 book? Is not a journal, right? It's not a how-to book. It's is it is it stories? What what's in the book? Tell us about the book. Yeah, the book is a combination of wisdom and also a storyline that is sort of fictional. It's officially in the. Um, the um, nonfiction category, of course, uh, in the bookstores, and it's debatable. It could have possibly been uh, put into the fictional category because there are a lot of 
conversations that I'm having with the author of The Little Prince. Uh, he passed away in 1945, long before I was born. <laughs> so mm-hmm. it's fictional conversations where the wisdom of living in the heart, which is what The Little Prince is all about, right. that, that comes through in the conversations I have with um, the author of that book. Very nice. So stories and parables blended in with your own story? Yeah, it's just a really a combination of a lot of things. Yeah, very and nice. Is it on audio? Some I haven't done that. Impaired. I am hoping I'll do that at some point. Oh, I hope you do. Is it on Kindle? Uh, yes. Yeah, it came okay. out just a few that's months great. ago. Yeah. Perfect. Perfect. Because uh, many of our listeners are visually impaired, and uh, that's a good thing to know. You have the little app reader, you know. Yeah. Uh, so I'll have to look for it on Kindle. So has your, has your business gone up now, the life coaching with this disaster, or you know, is this the time people are reaching out? Uh, so far, things have been rather the same as usual. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, this is a time of need for many people, you know, and uh, I think a time of reinvention. I know that I've been trying to get away from the negativity, you know, just five minutes of news a day is all I need. I don't need to know anything more than the really important things, you know. Uh, trying to be joyful, exercising and reading spiritual things and connecting with friends on Zoom or whatever it is. So it's kind of a new way of life temporarily. Yes, and that's a big adjustment. Uh, You know, suddenly um, things change all of a sudden and we lose our routines, and that can be Mm -hmm. a challenge. Um, Very big challenge. Absolutely. But, you know, I think that the challenge is also bringing in tremendous opportunities such as the opportunity to really take a close look at what our needs are and what we value. I had a moment on the phone. Somebody gave me a call. I hadn't spoken with her for a couple of years. Before I hung up, I was saying to her, you know, I really treasure our relationship. I'm so glad we had a chance to check in with each other. Uh, you know, we're just, I mean, for me, it's partly a chance to just notice how much I value relationships. Yes, yes, and be grateful even for the smallest thing, you know, that was there just a month ago and that will we'll come back at some point, but this is a, this is a real pause for everyone. To absolutely, yeah, absolutely. I, think we're all, I also think we're being called to just notice our divinity, notice the river of caring that has always yes. been there. But we have been so focused, a lot of us have been focused on dancing around the maypole, tethering ourselves to the maypole of, getting things, acquiring things, uh, and just that nonstop um, whatever it was that we were addicted to uh, just a few months ago. And yeah. now we have a moment with the pause, as you were saying, to um, just uh, become aware of other maypoles that we could be attached to, like the maypole of being. Uh, if we just focus on being, that has a lot of joy in it, that the, that the maypole of acquisition and getting doesn't really provide uh, the maypole of being and the maypole of um, loving uh, spirituality, loving the goodness within us, or the maple of trust. All of these lead us to being more expansive. What, tell us about the seven keys. That's so true. Absolutely. Uh, tell us about the seven keys. You know, in your yep. book, seven keys yep. to joy and happiness. Sure, I'd be glad to tell you about at least a few of them. Um, One of them is the key of of saying yes to your uniqueness. And I already sort of spoke a little bit about that a a moment ago when I was saying that it's so important to um, embrace not only our humanity, but also our divinity. So we can say yes to the unique gifts we bring to the world. We can say yes to... um, all of the unique ways in which our beauty shows up. 
beauty on the one hand is universal to every soul, and on the other hand, we can also notice the uniqueness of our beauty. Oh, that's nice. And so do you have any sort of a system that you do every day with meditation or, uh, you know, how you incorporate these feelings and these practices into your life? Well, I have a number of different exercises that I um, suggest to clients, but you're asking about my my personal practice, aren't you, not what I suggest. And actually, they're pretty much the same in some cases. Um, one, yes. of the, yeah, one of the modalities that um, I've been doing in addition to my uh, meditation that is sort of like TM, it's called Sahaj, but then I also like to just take time to contemplate, which isn't really concentration. It's in between that and it's in between being totally um, diffused. It's sort of the middle ground. It's the state of consciousness you're in when you wake up in the morning, mm-hmm. halfway mm-hmm. there. And so I do it immediately when I wake up. Uh, I like to just contemplate the radiance within me, contemplate, uh, just imagine the sun shining through me. Um, that is just, for a few minutes, it really helps me to start the day in a higher that, That's my best time of day, the same, mm-hmm. you know, when, I, when I'm kind of rested and I'm tired and I wake up, you know, I find one of, before I go to bed, if I'm saying prayers or something, that I fall asleep, you know. But in the yeah. morning, that's my better time for meditation when I'm, I just say, okay, I'm going to pause here for 10 minutes, not, not get out of bed, not jump, you know. Right. With um, the quiet, the stillness, that's when the answers come. You know, as a, as a former guest said last week, we've been living in this ivory tower with everything at our fingertips, you know, and the, the cell phone addiction and whatever it is and not really communicating with people the way we should. And I think a lot of people are stopping to really realize what they've had and to realize what's important in life. That's right. There are a lot of gifts that we're receiving, including the gift of um, having some solitude. Mm-hmm. That's something that a lot, a lot of people are just so focused on looking in the outer world. Mm-hmm. And now we get a chance to look within. Yes. We also get a chance to just really ask, is the world the way I want it to be? Um, or is my life the way I want it to be? We can ask ourselves, you know, what if we can redefine abundance as a thriving community, as opposed mm-hmm. to looking for abundance by acquiring things? Uh, what if we are going to, what if the scientists were to really make the wisdom of the heart, you know, when they make inventions, make that a part of their landscape instead of just making robots that don't have hearts? <laughs> oh, yeah, that would be so amazing. Yeah, they're incredible. Just, yeah, and then maybe, maybe the big agriculture will end up uh, fading away and we're going to just have local farms. I really yeah. feel like we're at a moment where we're at a threshold where we can make different choices, where we've got mm-hmm. millions of forks in the road, and I'm so excited about that. You know, it's interesting. Your books say say yes to um, say say yes to love again. Is that the say yes to life? Originally, it was say yes say to God, yes to and then I changed yes. the title. <laughs> say yes to life. But my minister at Unity Church uh, years ago, I used to go to this wonderful church in West LA, and she. She and I did a number of um, television programs together, too, on the book. Um, oh, God, it's not Eckhart Tolle's, but the other one. Um, oh, I'm having a brain. Gary Zukoff? Anyway, uh, no, not Zukoff. I love him, too, but I'll think of it in a second. But yeah. she, my point being, she's, she, in her sermons, used to say, say yes, say yes. She incorporated that every, in every sermon, and I never forgot it. So when I... I read the title of your book. It really resonated with me. Say yes to life. That's what she'd always say. You know, yes. when we'd come in the door and when we'd leave, just say yes. 
And and saying yes means we're open. We're open to change. We're open to acceptance. We're open to, you know, the divine. We're open to so many things. You know, absolutely. That we, yeah, absolutely. I love I that in your to, title. Thank you. And I used to go to when I was seventeen and uh, a long time ago when Eric Butterworth was still alive. I was living in New York, and my mother would take me to Unity with Eric Butterworth. <laughs> so oh, I, love, I love Unity. Mm-hmm. That's been an influence on on my writing. Uh, yeah, say yes is, is also another way. Say yes to life is another way of saying celebrate. We do need to grieve. That's ap- humans need to do that. Humans also need to celebrate. Yes, yes, but you can only really celebrate if you if you acknowledge the loss, as you say. Yes, we're being called to look at the world squarely as it is, and yeah. also to have enough room in our spacious self to be glad and cheerful, both at the same time. And we need to be able to meet ourselves in our loneliness, for example, or in our pain, if we want to make the transition to the cheerfulness and gladness. We can't do it if we sidestep the loneliness. That's where we have the conversation with God. Yes. That, that was a book, Conversations with God. Thank yes. You. <laughs> that was a book that my minister and I did the TV program on. Thank you oh, so much. It was on the tip uh, of my tongue. Yes, I love that book. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Say yes to love again and acknowledge the pain and be able to, to move on. It's very, very difficult, though. There's such, you know, an incident of unemployment and depression now that it, it sounds so easy to just tell someone to do those things. I mean, what do you say to someone who's just, you know, severely depressed and lost everything? Yeah, well, first of all, of course, as we were saying earlier, um, the feeling the feelings is the way to go. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the other thing is just um, realizing that it's possible to enter the eye of the storm when the chaos is going around all around you. And to reach for help. Yes. So important. You know, none of us get through any challenge without, you know, sometimes you don't even know the help is out there. I know that when I went through vision loss, people just dropped into my life out of the blue. You know, that some of these relationships, I don't know that I would have wanted to go through my life without them. They've been so, so unique and so wonderful, so fulfilling. You know, these wonderful people who came into my life to help. And so I I think that's also a step that people have to take when they're really at wit's end, you know, to know that there is help out in the universe. Sometimes it comes from places you don't even expect. That's beautiful. I so appreciate that. Oh, thank you. Well, it's just my own little experience, but... Another thing. Go right ahead. Yeah, another thing that um, might be helpful in some cases Mm -hmm. is um, just being open to the idea that your take on the way things are might be totally wrong. That's something I learned from conversations with God. Is Mm -hmm. that it's entirely possible that the way we view ourselves is is completely distorted. I know that when I was in my youth and I was judging myself. It was just a bunch of distorted things. So we really do need to um, be open to allowing God's vision to take over. And God's vision is our heart's vision, not our mind's vision. So the, the goal that we're aiming for is to let our mind serve our heart, let our mind be the caboose on the train, and the heart be the engine. Mm, that's very, very nice. I love that. Now, do you believe this is destiny, that something, for example, a pandemic or 
Uh, do you believe this is God's will, or God's just there to help you pick up the pieces? I believe that God is always available to help us, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I don't really uh, feel like I'm very well-versed in what it, what destiny is, so I'm going to sort mm-hmm. of let you ask somebody else that question. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Of course. Of course. <laughs> Leave the tip. <laughs> but, yes, God, God is always available. Yes. It's the only yes, thing right. is that sometimes we mm-hmm. aren't available to God. Sometimes right. we close the door. <laughs> right, right. That's a great way to look at it. Yeah. So before we wind, you know, we're winding down yeah. on time. We could talk forever because you're so fascinating. Um, do you want to share a little bit from your book, you know, a few, uh, few lines or uh, an analogy or a story or parable? Um, well, I don't have the book handy with me, so I will say this. If, if you want to go to the book's website, you can um, request a few pages for no charge. and then, Great. Yeah, so that might be helpful. Of course. So let's tell our listeners the, the website. You can go to www.sayyestolifebook, that's sayyestolifebook.com, and when you go there, there's a little link that will take you to Amazon to buy the book. There's also a link in my bio that will take you to my own coaching website. And there's also a checkbox or a button to push that will give you um, an excerpt from the book plus a 15-minute um, guided visualization called Appreciating Life and uh, plus uh, you know, um, an exercise, um, an appreciation exercise, which really takes you from starting with appreciating things about yourself and then you translate that into gratitude. You take it up to the higher level of gratitude. Oh, that's wonderful. I, I love that when you're talking earlier, too, about, um, you know, letting go of, of you know, the feelings, like, like you were talking about when you were growing up in New York and, you know, had these, these feelings of low self-esteem, and, but you just turned it around by forgiveness, you know, and, and loving yourself. You know, I was reading that in your bio and everything. It's very, very beautiful. Yes, I'm very fortunate to have made the journey as far as I have, and of course I still have lots of room to grow. Well, we all do, but you're a wonderful example of someone who's reinvented themselves to a new vision, and I, I completely appreciate you taking the time to share your wisdom with us today. And um, we'll give the listeners one more time your website and the name of your book, and go right ahead. Sure. The book is Sayest Life, Seven Keys to Living Fallout from Within, and you can go to www.sayestlifebook.com. Wonderful. And my guest today, I'm Kristen McDonald for Second Vision, has been Elliot Robertson. And I hope that all of you out there listening will just say yes to all the good in your life and give gratitude and grieve, you know, what what may no longer be there and reach out to those that you love. Have a blessed day. I'm Kristen McDonald. Thanks for tuning in.